Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Sletsky, and this is episode number 26. I have adored having you listen in each week as I share with my guests and my solo episodes all about the technology that is used to run businesses now and in the past and into the future. What would mean the world to me is if you would share this episode or any of the episodes in the Tech of Business podcast library with a friend who you know is looking for something new in technology right now. This conversation with Marina, which will be coming up in just a couple moments, is super insightful and it gives you permission to do what is best for you in your business. Take that permission and run with it. There are no rules as far as being an entrepreneur and making things happen. So with that, catch me again on the other side of the interview where I have a few more takeaways and thoughts. Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. This is the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Sletsky. And on today's episode, we're speaking with Marina Darlow. Marina is a systems expert and a productivity geek. She is the host of the Systems Meet Humanity podcast. Be sure to go check that one out. She sees her job as helping impact-driven entrepreneurs get 10 to 20 more productive hours a week, stop leaking money, and prevent stress-fueled breakdowns. Marina founded her company, Vision Framework, after realizing that working for a conglomerate is not as inspiring as she wants her life work to be. Vision Framework builds small, purpose-driven businesses from the inside, helping entrepreneurs and founders run their companies with ease by putting effective, easy-to-use, and fun, yep, fun systems in place. I am so excited to welcome you, Marina, to the Tech of Business podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me here. Systems and productivity go hand in hand with using the right technology tools. So I think we're going to have a really fun conversation for the audience today. I am curious how you got into systems to begin with. Uh, it's a great question because it has a number of components. And I've always been kind of, I would guess, a logical linear thinker. And I went on to study engineering, got into project management. So it's all very structural and very systematic. And my job was to bring order into the chaos of running, you know, multi-million dollar thing over three continents that naturally has a lot of unpredictability built into it. Uh, and it went on for a few years. And then I, as it happens, <laughs> got really burned out. And when I was on the fence debating what the heck am I going to do with my life, going through interior design classes at Christie because I wanted to stay as far as possible from project management, my mentor at the time claimed that what I have to, what I have to offer the world is the way I think. So she said that, you know, I was like, I don't have any special skills. Anybody like a monkey with some experience can manage a project. Um, but apparently, the way 
I think is helpful to people who are doing a lot of visionary and creative work because, hey, they're not managers. And what I've discovered that it's a very different skill set. People who have truly grand visions in the best sense, people who very often are incredibly passionate and charismatic and you know, really are capable of changing the world given the right system and the right process, these are exactly the same people who struggle with systems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I discovered that I can contribute in this area, it was a revelation for me. It's like, wait, I can do something to help the people who I perceived as almost magical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of how I came in because doing it for small business is very different from doing it for a large company because you work directly with a business owner who is really invested in making things work. You're not dealing with engineers who see you as a pestering annoyance because you tell them what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and God forbid you don't program, so you're clearly a second-class citizen. You work with a head of the company who wants their products to be priced correctly, their projects to actually launch, their team to know what they're supposed to do and to have a good feedback loop. And it's a completely, completely different experience. So that's what I do. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it makes such a difference. And I feel the same way a lot of times too, is, you know, because I work between the content and the audience for my clients. And so I'm in that kind of space where the project, if the project doesn't get managed right and the vision doesn't get fully um, embraced and executed, then there's nothing to offer to the, to the customer. And so having somebody who knows how to put productivity first and knows how to put the systems in place so that one foot keeps getting put in front of the next is vital to every single business. And I love the fact that you are focused on these visionaries and these people who have brand ideas and helping them create what they need to create in the world. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, so when it comes to productivity and helping someone who is a visionary, what are some of the ways that you help them? I mean, what, types of tools are you bringing into their business at the front end so that you can help them to actually execute on their project? That's a wonderful question. Um, The question I actually really love responding because there are two tracks, so to speak. And it's very similar, kind of very reflective of the way we operate in our daily lives and our businesses in general. So one track is your daily habits, your daily maintenance, your daily systems, you know, the, the stuff that sustains you day in and day out. And the other track are projects, things that have a beginning and the end. Now, I think both are essential and I work on both tracks. So for people who struggle with habits and with daily operations, I go in, I assess where, where it hurts So more often than not, the problem lies either in managing their own time or managing their team's time and expectations Yep. and or like and slash or managing money, right? Uh And then of course it ties into communications and sales and everything else, information. But basically 
for the day-to-day -day stuff, I help them put systems in place that run smoothly. And then, you know, are you using some kind of a project management software to make right. sure your team is completely on board and it's comfortable? So for instance, I had an office who decided to use Rike. Okay. Well, I should say it wasn't the office. It was, you know, the head of the office uh -huh. they decided to use Rike because um, they wanted their team to be on board. And in a matter of a couple of weeks, they had an office rebellion because <laughs> the way it was set up, Reich has many options, but the way it was set up, everybody got bajillion emails a day about everybody's state of work, reminders upon reminders for everybody's task. There was no differentiation between who's supposed to do what. And obviously people hated it. Right. It's both like, we're adults. You don't need to remind us 5,000 times to do this basic thing. And also like, I don't need to know what Johnny and Susie and Mary are doing right this very moment and get their reminders too. Yes. So, Oh, project management tools and their email reminders. It's one of those things that I've seen so many times is that your project management tools are set up to send 100,000 emails when really the only person who needs to know about a, about a piece of the project is the person who's involved and they don't need 40 reminders. Exactly. So, yes. Oh, I can feel yeah. that. And on the other hand, let's say you have a, a team of very visual people. Let's say it's a designer you know, yep. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the designer office, by all means, go use a visual tool. Yes. Do something with Gantt charts that are nice and pretty and easy yes. to manage. You know, Asana is great, but Asana is good for, you know, certain things. Yes. It's good as a communication tool with tasks. It's not very visual. So what I do, I really make sure that I can set in place the systems that work for the business owner and for the business owner's team. Right. Um, you know, we make sure that the calendars are aligned. We make sure that the focus patterns of the business owner really play into the way this person designs their week. What does it, what does it mean? It means that if you need a full day to really concentrate on your creative work, by all means, have a day for it. Don't say, oh, I only have two hours. You know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but the whole point is it's individual. So you need to play to your strength and build the systems around your strength. And that's one thing that I do. Yes. <sighs> yes. The track, like I can talk about it for days. I'm like, you can maybe sense that I'm really passionate about it. But that's the beauty of it. And you're not the first person who I've brought onto this podcast who said, I could talk about this for days. And that's why we are the experts of our domain. So keep going, keep going. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the stage. Uh, <laughs> So the other track is when somebody comes to me and says, I have an idea. What do I do with it now? Or I have eight ideas. What do I focus on? Like, can you help me figure out what should I invest in? And invest not necessarily money, but money too, but more effort and platform and people resources. sometimes. Resources. Resources yeah. of any kind. Yes. And then we sit down, we decide which ideas are a go. Mm -hmm. And we build a plan, you know, from A to Z, how do you get from concept to launch? Or maybe how do you get from, you know, the proof of concept, like the initial launch to mass production? And I chart out these plans and follow with my clients every step of the way. 
making sure that they have the budget, making sure that they communicate well with their team, with their vendors, essentially being a project manager that you know, holds their hands throughout the whole process. Yes, yes. I mean, and having that project manager on your team who just makes sure that one step gets put in front of the previous step is so, so vital. And it's so funny too, for me, when I'm thinking of project management tools, the way that every business owner is going to use the same tools, the same set of tools in such a different way. I mean, I've had some project management um, or some projects where the business owner wants to use Asana like a Gantt chart. And so they, they create boards and they do them side. Um, so they go from left to right. And I've got other people who use the exact same tool, but they want to use it as to-do lists and they want to use it vertically from top to bottom. And then there's still other, you know, people who use different tools like uh, Trello and Rike and Basecamp and 400,000 other tools that are out there. There are so many productivity, um, seemingly productivity-based tools for project management. Would you say that there are a couple that you gravitate towards more than others um, on a whole? Yes. Um, for a very long time, I really, really liked working with Smartsheets, and I okay. still do. Okay. Now, there could be a couple of reasons. One is because I come from a large corporate background and it's probably the most similar one to MS Project, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is good but dated. <laughs> um, so Smartsheet has Gantz. It has a really great way of storing information within the task. So you can, like, you can attach documents to every task um, and it makes the communication with your teammates much, much easier. It's visual. It has, you know, you can use it with you know, boards and cards and Gantz and you can easily go between, between the different modes. So it's a very, very powerful tool. Um, I would put a disclaimer that it's great for people who have teams. It's nice for solopreneurs, but it's kind of like, you know, having a huge ocean liner <laughs> swim in your little pond. Uh, like, yeah, a little overkill. A little overkill. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> wasn't such a great example, like swim up the river. Yeah. So you could do it, but you're wasting like 90% of its capabilities yes. and your learning curve might be a little steeper than truly needed. Although I did, I did use Marcheats with solopreneurs to pretty good results. Cool. Um, so that I do like Asana. I have to say switched my, like I used to dislike it a lot, but I've seen a few clients that it really, really helps them. Um, manage their day and their tasks and their teams. And I came to accept that the fact that I'm not a big fan doesn't mean that it doesn't work very well for other people. So mm -hmm. I think these two are probably my favorite. Can I share my least favorite? Of course. Oh, they're going to sue me. No, they're not. No, remember, this is all an opinion. And there may be somebody who comes back into the show notes and says, I disagree with Marina and this is why. So I want to have that dialogue. Yeah. So it is totally okay. Please come and disagree with me. I love when people do that because that fosters debate and we all learn more from it. Absolutely. Um, my experience with Basecamp wasn't very good because I felt that, I don't know, it was clunky. <clears throat> yep. It, Basecamp 2 or Basecamp 3? I got to ask. Basecamp 2. 
Okay. I have tried Basecamp 3. I was completely like disenchanted, disenchanted <laughs> with Basecamp. I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to look. But maybe yeah. you will convince me otherwise. Because when I was looking at it, it was, it was hard to find things. It was hard to transition between different modes. Like it was good for clocking in the hours. Like a friend of mine was using it mostly to track how many hours she spent on a project. That's good. Yep. But it doesn't like it when it comes to big picture, I didn't find it as useful as smart sheets. I, I get that. And I would definitely uh, agree to some extent that Basecamp 2 was that way. I wasn't a big fan of it. I do actually really like Basecamp 3, um, which is, is great. And one of the fun things about it is that you have so many different ways of communicating inside that one tool. And so that that's where it's helpful is that, you know, it can be catered and tailored to the different types of people who are on the project so that you can figure things out around multiple different projects and stuff. But I love the fact that you are being very candid about the fact that it wasn't the right tool and having permission and giving yourself permission to get rid of a tool to say, you know what, I don't want to be using this is a very, very valuable thing for every single entrepreneur. Not every tool is going to work for everybody all the time. And that's why there are so many different options. So I think it's very valuable to have that, that metric and that matrix, you know, to say, you know what, it's time for me to, to move on from this tool. Are there certain things that you kind of go, when you go into a client's business, you immediately say, I know that there are better tools than these ones and you kind of kind of go from top down and say, okay, they're using three of the tools that I have on my never use list. Let me see if I can convert them or let me see if I can pro provide them with the value of changing the tool. Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. A very good example of this uh, is going to be when a small business got seduced into buying a really large, super capable program. Mm -hmm. like Infusionsoft. Oh, yes. <laughs> Infusionsoft has a huge marketing machine. They have conferences. They have, you know, they're a big company. Yes. And they market themselves really well. Kudos to them. But what I see, I see, you know, people who are not even making six figures. Oh, we have Infusionsoft and we're paying, you know, hundreds of dollars a month because it has all these amazing capabilities. Dude, for you, MailChimp for 15 bucks a month, would probably do the same. You don't want MailChimp, use ConvertKit. It's 75 bucks a month, however it might be. I don't remember the exact right, price. Right. You don't really need more than that. It's just clunky. It just adds unneeded complexity that you don't have in your business. And trust me, as a small business, you probably have a whole other set of challenges. Mm -hmm. And this, you don't is, this is where you come in and you say, hey, let's stop, stop leaking money. I mean, you said that. That's kind of one of your, one of your strengths is to see how to take somebody from the state of, um, of overwhelm with the technology tools or, you know, the not using the tools, 95% of its capabilities and stripping it away so that it becomes an effective tool. It's that, but you know what? It's a good point that you bring up about stop leaking money. It's much more about making the right decisions and looking mm -hmm. at your budget Yes. And looking at your cash flow rather than, oh, let's switch, you know, from a 200 a month tool to a $15, right. $15 a month tool. It's great. It's helped. 
it uh, it's helping, but the real money leaks are usually not there. The real money leaks are because your product doesn't sell very well, because your marketing funnel struggles, because you don't have a marketing funnel. Like mm -hmm. I was guilty of that. I'll give you that. Um, because, <laughs> right, because you don't have a good system to, you know, from the card through the invoices, because you had made some mistakes in your fundamental business model. This is where the real money leaks are. Tools, yes, some tools are more expensive than others. Yes, sometimes it's costly and unnecessary. But in my experience, this is not, this is kind of, this is a minor scratch when you need to treat, you know, a tumor. <laughs> Fair enough. Absolutely. I think that that makes a lot of, a lot of sense. I really love the fact that, you know, we're, we're exposing tools and technology and, you know, project management and productivity are very, very important elements to any business that's going to make money. And I, I love that you called me out on that because a lot of times you, uh, are looking for a Band-Aid and a lot of people are like, oh, let's just stop the bleeding. Let's let's cut from a $200 a month to a $50 a month. And there we go. We stop the bleeding. But then you go to the next level down and you're like, wait a second, I'm still bleeding and now I'm only paying 50. And you realize as you go through it that you're bleeding because you didn't have the invoicing system set up or you didn't have the funnel set up and all of these things that you're talking about. I love that it's, it's deeper. It's deeper than the tools. And I think that you're really exposing that and there's a lot of benefit to that. Can I tell you a story in that of vein? Of course, of course. So I was once hired by a company run by father and son because nominally father was, you know, he was an elder gentleman and he was really bummed by the fact that his printer from upstairs uh, wouldn't like his computer from upstairs wouldn't send stuff to his printer downstairs or upstairs. Uh, like I think he, his issue was that he needed to walk the stairs in order to pick up stuff from his printer. Okay. And this, and he was like, this is why he hired a $5,000 consultant because this wood was really bugging him. Now, okay. in fact, what was really bugging him uh, and his company, and this is where I came in and this is where I started putting things in place, is the fact that his wife, who was running the operations up until you know, recently, became very sick and couldn't do it anymore. And they ended up with a hot mess. Like the filing was atrocious. They didn't quite know which client paid what. They had no kind of managing, you know, no kind of project management templates. And they were a building company. So you would have a kitchen renovation template in order to give a quick assessment to people, right? They didn't have any infrastructure to speak of. It was like, literally, I looked and I didn't know where to start after the printer was fixed. But what they felt that's hurting them was the printer. But right. it was masking a much, much larger and deeper problem. That everything was in her head. Yeah, and she couldn't, she couldn't do it anymore. And there was some kind of paper trail, but it happened right at the verge when everything became computerized. Yep. So there was like nothing. Wow. And it all had to be built from scratch, but the printer, the printer was really like, oh God, but the printer was 
annoying them <laughs> to the moon and back. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny what the catalyst is sometimes for for cleaning up and organizing and be and making your business more productive and more profitable. It is really amazing what that catalyst is. And I love that about businesses is, is when you find that secret, you find that next great move. And I, I just, I think that that is such a valuable thing. And I love storytelling. I love the fact that you shared that story because I can picture it. And I'm sure the audience can picture that too. And I'm sure you've got tons more stories like that on your podcast and elsewhere. So Share with the audience where they can learn more about you. And of course, we're not going to forget to mention that uh, I'm on your podcast and all of that stuff. Yeah. So first of all, tune in uh, at systemsmeethumanity.com or go to find them on iTunes for Systems Meet Humanity. Um, you will have the pleasure of hearing Jamie on my podcast <laughs> very, very, very soon. Yes. Uh, you can also come to my virtual home, which is at vision-framework.com. I build frameworks for visionaries like half the audience, I bet. Yes. So it's vision-framework.com. Come argue with me, disagree with me, tell me that my posts make no sense or tell me that they do. I love that too. Get inspired uh, by Marina. <laughs> so yeah, come. Yes. I'm there. Wonderful. I love that. I love that. And I have one final question for you and then we will wrap things up. And that question is, how often do you find yourself evaluating new tools to bring into the business? You know, I don't do that a lot. I do this every three months on average um, because when I go in and I have a bunch of tools that I need to evaluate for a specific purpose, it takes a lot of resources. It takes a lot of my time. I'm very thorough. Um, I try them out. I start building models in my head, what they're good for. So it's, it's a project. So I don't yes. do it every week. And unlike some people in my family, uh, I don't tend to read tech magazines to unwind. <laughs> it's a very intentional effort on my part. So yeah, it's kind of like every once a quarter. That, that is so valuable. That piece of wisdom right there gives everybody in the audience permission to just work with what you've got and not always be looking for what that next shiny object is. So oh, yeah. I appreciate that answer more than you can uh, even believe. And I wanted to thank you again for coming on the Tech of Business podcast and hanging out with me, Marina. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Thanks for giving me the stage. What have you given yourself permission for as you've been listening to this episode? I'd love to share and have that conversation with you in the Tech of Business community on Facebook. Just go to techofbusiness.com forward slash community and I will let you right on in. And again, I would be honored if you would share this or any other episode from the Tech of Business podcast with your friends and family that's how the podcast grows and that's how I can continue to give you more and more tech strategies for you and your business. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. 
You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.